What is going on, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Lean 365 podcast. Today, we've got another special guest. And we're here with Damien Schechter. Now, I met Damien at a TNP conference about three weeks ago. And we just connected really, really, really well. We sat together for the whole event. We had some deep conversations. And uh, we turned into good friends off the back of that. Now, Damien's got an amazing background, um, which we're going to go into today. Uh, we're going to be talking about kind of mindset tips, how to build an unstoppable mindset. So, Damien, without any further ado, uh, give us a bit of an introduction into how you got into the fitness industry um, and also kind of where you're at with things right now with regards to your business. All right, Chris, dude, thank you so much for, uh, for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, like serious pleasure. Um, and also, I just want to say, dude, we like we really connected um, at the TMP event, you know, two weeks ago, and uh, it was just such an incredible experience with incredible people. But uh, I think it was really great that Kieran uh, carefully placed us together because um, that's essentially now how we find ourselves on this podcast. So it's really yeah, it's just, right, well, just before we go into it, actually, like, give us a bit of an like, give the uh, the listeners an understanding of what TMP is, because I think people probably don't understand maybe what the uh, the networking event that we met at was. Right. So yeah, total mental performance. Um, it's a, a mentorship that I've been a part of, that you've been a part of, um, where we're looking at essentially, you know, kind of building mindset, um, breaking barriers, building confidence, um, you know, kind of just taking the mindset from a personal and a business space to the next level. And so the TMP event was just a place where a lot of the mentees, um, yourself, myself, and a few other really incredible people, all came together and uh, it was just such a what a yeah what a special what is like what a special what a day uh, that was yeah 100 percent. i think that's why like today i think a good topic to talk about is going into the depths of mindset why it's such an important thing obviously not just for us as fitness professionals but from someone who is trying to get into shape as well because there's so many things you run into and your mindset is almost what holds you back um from so many different areas Anyway, before we go into that, give us a bit of a background on yourself. Um, how did you get into the fitness industry and, and what are you doing at the moment? Right, so, uh, yeah, my name is Damien from uh, South Africa. Um, I've been living abroad for the past few years, but, you know, if I look at kind of the past decade that I've been in this industry, um, it actually all started off with a bit of a, like, a bit of a drunken conversation with a friend of mine uh, 10, 12 years ago where he said, you know, dude, these guys on the bodybuilding stage, I, I pitched the idea to him of me maybe competing because I trained for a few years, didn't have a lot of experience. Um, and, you know, he made a bet with me that I, I couldn't win. He actually, you know, he said the one thing that kind of lit the fuel uh, to the fire. And um, so I entered the show completely just kind of like not knowing what to expect, a complete novice, never picked up a bodybuilding magazine in my life. And, um, you know, so I put in, I put in a lot of time, work, effort, energy, passion, um, not really knowing what I was doing at 20 years old, 21 years old. And then I did this show. Um, and that just, you know, that gave me this like sudden boost of confidence. I was around like-minded individuals. Um, you know, the journey to get there was just something that I'd never experienced through my teen years or, you know, through high school or anything really, um, of that sort, you know, the journey was just an absolutely incredible one, um, to say the least. And so I did the show. I ended up actually winning my first show, which was uh, really, really cool. And then I did another one. I did well with that. Um, so for those three, four, five years, you know, I kind of rode that wave. But essentially, that was the catalyst for me to then 
go into personal training and study personal training. Um, I found a huge passion for not just what it had done for myself, but you know, I knew that the journey that I had been on is something that I actually also wanted to bring other people into because I know what uh, you know it did for my confidence. I know what it did for my health, and you know, it really was just such a catalyst for me to come out of my shell that yeah, I, I did two years of personal training um, and then at the right. same time continued to do bodybuilding. Um, I was a, I was an ambassador for some of the best brands, uh, you know, locally and also, uh, a part of the USN team for, uh, for two years. So awesome. that was my competitive background, um, of which then I did pull back in about 2015 after body power. And then I just, yeah, I, I made personal training and the, you know, kind of the, the fitness business, uh, more of the priority up until current where I went to Amsterdam to work at a chain gym there, which was uh, really exclusive. Um, and then during COVID, we yeah, had to kind of take things online. And then through taking those clients online, I realized, whoa, wait, why am I doing this for a company? I could be doing this for myself. So that's where I you know, grew a pair of balls, went into the uh, online coaching realm on my own. And uh, that's essentially how we right. find ourselves here today. So it's been a really wonderful journey. That's awesome, mate. And um, yeah, I mean, you're in wicked shape, so I, I can definitely see the, the kind of background you've had working with various brands and things like that. I, we have, I'm, I'm assuming I probably get quite a lot of lists and stuff that people that are fitness professionals that have gone from uh, personal training and they're also looking to take their business online as well. What was the risk like? Like, what was the kind of catalyst in you going online with your business in the end? That, um, you know, how did you feel about leaving? Because you were at UP, right? Which is obviously a huge, huge, um, like, recognizable right. brand. <laughs> in terms of personal training like what yeah. was the kind of journey from you stepping into online so you know without there's definitely only appreciation and love for everyone that i worked with and i think it's always you know good to you know leave on good terms and leave with you know the respect for for what a brand did for you um but it just wasn't mm. you know for i i think the the business model of working for someone but still working personal training hours. And, and previously I had actually been, you know, completely self-employed where I decided what days, what times, what hours, how much I charged, um, you know, to take that and then, you know, kind of have to do it underneath a brand or, you know, I, I just personally don't think I was, yeah, was catered towards that environment. To be honest, I did the job. I got the results. I enjoyed the experience and the camaraderie with the team and we did great team training and we did lots of education so you know i did get a lot of value out of working for you know a really world-renowned personal training company um i yeah. think where i felt that i needed to take the leap was during covid it was obviously a very stressful time you don't know if you're going to keep your job you don't know you know like what does the future hold at the same time we had to take clients online and I just realized, you know, if I'm spending a lot of time in my home, on my computer, on my internet, doing this, um, I could be making all the money for myself. And so this was yeah. where I, you know, just respectfully took a few steps back. And um, you know what, it was a very difficult decision to make because you're going from salary to not knowing what to, uh, what to expect, how much you're going to make, you know, and obviously you don't want to go from earning X amount to earning absolutely nothing. And that freaked me out considering I had to pay 
rent living in Amsterdam, which is expensive. I had to live. I'm, I love bodybuilding. So my dietary requirements are obviously a little bit higher than the average person. Um, and at the same time I was, I was engaged. We were going to get, we, we did get married, but I had a, a wedding that I needed to essentially mm. save for. And so there was a huge pressure on me to, you know, not sit around and do things slowly. Um, I really had to, yeah. you know, go from, go from, you know, full-time personal training to you either sit at home and, you know, sit on Canva the whole fucking day trying to make these posts yeah. to attract these clients. But the reality is that you've got no online space credibility when it comes to, to watch the market that you're entering. So it was yeah. a very, I, I don't want to say a stressful time because a lot of growth happened out of it, but you know, the leap that I took and kind of how I financially made myself okay with the whole situation was that I had three months worth of income, um, you know, kind of set out before I took that leap. So I at least knew for the next three months, I could sustain a zero income, um, if I can put it like that. So that was definitely something that, nice. you know, helped me get into the, the online realm. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of similar to me. I think with huge risk, there's always huge reward as well. I think you have to step out of your comfort zone a little bit if you want to get to where you want to be with life. It's like when I went online as well, it was a risk. Like, again, it was off the back of COVID at that point. Um, you know, I'd moved out. I support myself. I was living in my own flat. So I had a lot of kind of outgoings and stuff. And sometimes I think that's what gives you like that momentum, isn't it? That drive, that internal drive to work because, you know, you're not in your comfort zone anymore. 100%. And that probably leads us on nicely into what we were going to talk about today, which is obviously a lot about the mindset side of things and why that's such a huge factor when it comes to getting in shape. So one thing I wanted to kind of start on was, um, I mean, we see it a lot in clients that it's almost like clients don't necessarily align their actions and their values with, you know, what it is they're kind of, uh, you know, doing every single day. So people will often, you know, go along the lines of, doing things that aren't necessarily conducive towards their goals. What would you say like your biggest values are at the moment in life and how do you kind of conduct your day-to-day -day living to support those values and your goals? For sure. I, I love that question. So, you know, I think my values are, are very um, stoic in a sense. Um, mm. You know, I try not to blur the lines in too many areas. It's, I, you know, I've been maybe criticized for this in the past, maybe by people close to me, um, where I have a very black and white way of doing things. It's, you know, either you want something and you're going to do it, or if it's a conversation or it's a maybe, or it's a decision that you need to try and spend time making on, then it's a no. You know, if you have something that you want to pursue and you want yeah. to go for it and it, it has value to you, then it's a non-negotiable, right? If mm. it's something that you need to sit there and you need to like deliberate on, then it's like, let's call the spade the spade here. It's not a priority for you if you're not yeah. willing to go all in. And, you know, yeah. for me, having finance, like uh, just kind of going back to what I mentioned just now is having financial security for me, having a good life for myself and my partner, you know, being mm. in good health and having, you know, a good physique let's put that out there as well as that i know that's not for everyone yeah. but for me that is something that i do value and i know that it attracts a level of respect from other people i know that when i walk in a room and i'm in good shape 
that yeah. there is a certain opinion of me that I am diligent, that I'm structured, that I have routine, you know, and so how does that affect your relationships with people? Only positively. So those are things that I value the most. And so to be actionable and just tick the boxes on the things that need to be done to achieve those results, it's not a question for me. It's something that, yeah. you know, I want it, I do it. You know, if there's someone who wants to make a million, if they truly want to make a million, they will make a million. If there's someone that yeah. says, uh, but you know, I would, yeah, sure, I would like to make it, but I don't really like care if I do or don't. They, you set yourself up for failure in the beginning already. So, you know, for me, do I want one of the greatest physiques in the world? Yes, I fucking do. Do I want to be a successful yeah. business owner? Yes, I fucking do. Do I want to have financial security for myself, for my family, for my loved ones and live a good, amazing life? Yes, I do. So those are not negotiables for me. I will make it actionable. And those are my, essentially yeah. those are in line with my values and my beliefs is, you know, I, I put myself to a certain standard and a lot of the time people will say, yeah, but don't hold yourself to such a high standard. Those are people that don't hold themselves to high standards. I don't, I'm not concerned with those opinions and I'm not concerned with, you know, surrounding myself with people that believe that being the best does, you don't have to be the best. I, for myself at least. Yeah. I do want, want to be, to be the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. You want to be a winner. The yeah. only people that, the, the only people that say, oh, well, you don't have to be a winner are the people that don't want to be winners. Yeah. They don't think they can do it themselves. So they almost want to try and drag other people down. I think one thing that you, that you said that yeah. I can agree with more with is about having it as being a priority, like getting in shape, you being in shape. You, it's a priority to you, so you make sure it gets done. Like people often use the excuse really? of time, and oh, I haven't got the time to get in shape. I haven't got the time to prep my meals, but you no, know, you have got the time. It's just not a priority to you at the moment. Okay, if it was a priority, you would make the time to do it. That's the difference. That's the mindset shift totally. that people need to have. It's about making your physique, your goals, an actual priority to you. And as soon as you do that, like time is just not a problem at all. I mean, I'm sure just like me, you work with a lot of busy professionals, you know, business owners, people that haven't got lots of time, but like if they want to get to where they want to be with their body, they fucking make the time to actually get these things done. Um, and obviously it's our jobs to make sure we can kind of lay things out and structure things in a way in which it does allow them to be able to, to kind of tick off those boxes. Um, one thing as well, actually, that you, you obviously said to me at the start before we started recording this was, you know, you've been in shape for like, what, 15 years, which I think is awesome. That's something that I pride myself on massively as well. Like, I, I believe I've always been in shape since I started training for 10 years. You know, you said you wouldn't be able to find a photo of you out of shape. Like what's, what's your journey with that? How, how have you stayed in shape for 15 years? I mean, you're in, since I've known you've always been in fucking awesome shape and I'm assuming it's kind of been like that throughout the last 15 years. Is that just again, discipline, yeah. structure, like? It's, it's only discipline and it's only yeah. structure. It, that is, that is a, you know, I look, I will always also be very transparent about the journey that I've been on. And I think starting off, you know, in the beginning. So, you know, I trained with my dad when I was about 15. So from about 15 to 17, my dad and I trained together. He was a, a bodybuilder and he, you know, he spent 50 years of his life in the gym. Um, it's what I grew up with. It's what I saw, but it was never my interest. If we look at like what, what happened between the age, my you know, my younger years of let's say 15 to 22. Okay. Like that seven year period, there was a lot of me 
going and getting off my face. Um, and this involved a lot of alcohol, a lot of drugs. They were, you know, at 14, 15 years old. Um, I was doing things that a lot of kids definitely should not have been doing. Um, and so, you know, has the journey from when I started to where I am now been consistent in terms of what my health has been like? Definitely not. Um, you know, there've definitely been times where I've had my highs and lows where I've eaten really unhealthy or I've drank a lot or I've done a lot of cocaine on the weekend. Um, you know, there's yeah, and, and multiple weeks, you know, like I'll always be transparent about it. And then, you know, came 19, 20 years old, then I, I want to start competing. Um, and then there was a lot of, you know, to, to be in a competitive bodybuilding, um, you know, space, there's a lot of anabolics that are used They Unfortunately, yeah. like you're not going to compete with the best of the best and be the best if you're not using, you know, certain substances. So you know, that then took me through a phase where I wasn't maybe really the kindest to my body. Um, you know, so I think what I'm getting at here is not the like, you know, I've been completely debaucherous to myself, but through the time of when I started training where things weren't perfect from a, a dietary perspective to maybe when I then started doing bodybuilding and there were certain substances, um, you know, nothing has been perfect. And I think I always want to outline that like, for anyone on any journey, it's it's more of a learning curve and it's more of a, you know, coming from a place of growth and always just trying to be better. Um, but it doesn't need to be perfect, right? But one thing that I have been is consistent with showing up to my sessions. Like, I don't think yeah. I've gone one week without getting my training in. And if my diet's not on point, Allah, that's okay sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. but... Do you show up and you do the and you do the work? That is where muscle maturity is going to happen. That is where developing a great yeah. physique is going to happen. You know, and unfortunately, a lot of the time, you know, if someone goes out and has a wild night or they are just not feeling themselves, you know, it's easy to just throw in the towel and say, ah, well, you know what, I'll go tomorrow. Well, you know what, I'll just take this week off and you know maybe next week. I've been really down and out a lot of times in my life. And you know what? The only thing that got me through all of that was training. Did I enjoy a lot of sessions? Yeah. Definitely not. Were there times that I left the, the gym in fucking tears because I just like, I didn't even want to be there and I didn't even feel like I had purpose, you know, with the training? Yeah, there were many times, dude, were there months of my, of these years where I almost wanted to like kind of say, oh, well, that was just a period in my life. You know, I've got other priorities. There were months of this happening, but I still showed up because I knew that that was structure, routine, and it was something that I could do every single day that was my purpose for waking up. And as long as I got that in, I could structure everything else around that. But if I don't have something to do every single day that is a constant, everything else is going to fall behind. So for me, that was my, my maybe my biggest thing over the past 15 years now is just showing up that's it. It doesn't matter if you enjoy it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's progressive. If it's not progressive, you don't need to go heavier. Can you imagine if I went heavier every single session for the past 15 years? Like, that's not possible, right? So was every session progressive or going heavier? No. Did I push myself every session and give 100% even if I didn't feel like it? Yes. 100% yes. Every yeah. time. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> I think that's it. Like, if you attach training to more than just the physical 
you know, like how it brings so much more energy and structure to your day, you know, like all the other benefits of training, then you won't struggle to go to the gym. If you just attach training to that aesthetic mindset of, oh, I'm only doing it because I want to get a six pack. That's when you start to fall short. Like for me that I know when I'm not training, like my productivity drops, my energy drops. I don't feel good about myself. Like everything changes. And, and that, again, I think I relate to what you said. That's how I have always trained consistently four or five times a week for the last 10 years, because the structure and the discipline and how I feel, it's more about how I feel probably than how I look. Like I know now that if I didn't train for like three weeks, two, three weeks, my physique's probably not going to change much, maybe a little bit, but it's, it's not going to change a huge amount. But in terms of how I feel, like I, I will not feel good about myself at all. Like, I won't have as much energy and, and so many things will start to slip. And I think if you attach your training to so much more than just physical, you are going to be able to stick to your training program for, for so much longer. This is why like motivation really just doesn't work. And this is probably another nice thing to touch on in terms of yeah. the difference of motivation and discipline. You can't rely on motivation. I'm sure that's something that you say to a lot of your clients. Yeah. It's, um, you know, there's motivation and then there's action, right? And I know that from a personal trainer's perspective or a coach's perspective, you know, a client that is never has never been actionable or someone that's just a sedentary person that, you know, find, finds themselves in a very uncomfortable place in their lives, you know, for someone in my position who's got 15 years of experience, who has a great physique, who's, you know, got good structure, for me to just make a blanket statement and say, you know, be more actionable. The reality is that you need to be more actionable because can you imagine if Usain Bolt woke up on the day of setting a world record and he was like, uh, you know what, like my motivation's really low today, so I'm just not going to go and compete. <laughs> like, like, no, he woke up and he got it done. He did it. That's, that's the bottom line, right? Is that you literally just need to do the one thing and that one thing is what's going to be the catalyst for you to enjoy the journey and do it again. And the more that you do it, mm. the more this becomes a catalyst and it's a full circle thing, right? Is that like the action is going to lead to the motivation. The motivation will never lead to the action. If you start with motivation, mm. there's days, dude, like I, I can tell you right now, I woke up yesterday morning, then the morning after my birthday, I had a few tequilas, bro. Did I feel, feel like going to go train yesterday morning? Absolutely not. Did I go and train? Mm. Yes. You know why? Because that's my structure. That's me being actionable towards the greater goal of me still showing up because I know what that does from a mindset perspective. If I sat there saying, oh, I'm going to sleep in, I feel so bad. Like, how would that have made me feel any better? That wouldn't mm. have made me feel any better. You know, whereas at least showing up, even if it was just a, from a maintenance perspective, not overloading, not going too hard, not getting the heart rate too high, just showing up immediately makes you feel good just walking in there is already that 25 percent like kick up the ass you feel great um yeah, yeah. but if you sit around and, and not take action man like i personally i just i think that's setting yourself up for failure before you've even attempted to try yeah i mean if you only do things when you're motivated you are not going to get very far at all like generally at the start, you're going to find that you're more motivated. Of course, you're going to go through that like lovely honeymoon period of fat loss. You're enjoying it. You like the plan. Naturally, you always hit a motivation dip. You know, it's, whether it's going to be three weeks in, six weeks in, like you start to slack a little bit. That's where you have to really dig For deep, sure. and that's where you have to push hard and make sure that 
you are still ticking off your non-negotiables every single day when you don't feel like it as well. And the only bad gym se gym session is the one that didn't happen. That's where you've got to really try and make sure that, again, like going back to kind of how we, we spoke about the start, like do your actions actually align with your values, your goals, and where you want to be in life? And naturally over time as well, For what sure. you see is that things will start to become more habitual as well. Like you're not always going to be relying on motivation because when you build a habit and you do something consistently over time, it, it starts to become easier. Like it's not something that's such a grind anymore. So it's often like the first few months can seem harder, but for us now, like you say, like we're so habitual, like, you know, we just go to the gym, we put our gym kit on and it's a lot of it's just subconscious. Like we probably don't even think about it. So it's easy to do that when you've kind of been putting in the reps over time. But like anyone, that structure has to be built at the start. Habits have to be built. And that's always going to be a bit of a grind when you start off, right? Everything's going to, probably seem harder at the start but then over time naturally become a lot easier that's it dude and you know what like think about it like a you have to think about it firstly from a long-term perspective right like this is why i don't take on clients for short durations like we look at the bigger picture mm. here because you know there needs to be foundations and especially with a client or with someone who you know has poor foundations the first thing that you need to really actually do is kind of plant new seeds, you know, kind of let the water the flower, uh, it's, you know, as if you're building a house, you're not just going to put the structure up on uneven ground, you know, you need to maybe do a little bit of digging, you need to kind of put the, uh, the, some, the, the base in, you need to make sure that the rods are all in place and that everything is nice and tight so that you can actually start to build, right? Um, and think about this as, as your action and your motivation, essentially, is... You know, if you are only going to build the foundations when you feel like it, that house is never going to be built. But if you just mm. keep showing up and even just if it's tightening one more bolt every day, even if it's just mixing a little bit more cement and putting it mm. in there, it doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be 100% all the time. But if you just keep showing up and you keep doing 1% more, Dude, that is that is the game changer for the long term, right? Like that is making sure that like the rest of your life is going to be comfortable. But if what you could have done in six months takes you 10 years, right? You're going to wish that you didn't rely on motivation. You're going to wish that you just showed up and you just did that 1% more every single day. And I know that it is something that a lot of people are going to, you know, listen to and say, yeah, but Damien, it's so much easier for you to say this because, you know, you're a personal trainer. I mean, if we can just take a look at what I looked like when I started, I didn't come out the womb looking like mm. this. I wasn't born like this. I wasn't yeah. born with the education. I wasn't born with, you know, the diligence of going to the gym three, four times a week when I felt or didn't feel like it. You know, I had to learn as I went along. I had to study. I had to actually, you know, implement what I'd learned with myself, with clients on the floor. This was never something easy mm. for me. So, yes, was I in a client's position at some point? 100% I was. So, I, you know, sometimes when someone says something like that where, oh, damn it, but you don't understand. I understand. I think every personal yeah. trainer, I think every coach understands. I don't know many coaches that that don't understand you know this is yeah. something that a lot of people yeah, yeah. say well yeah but, yeah but look at you you know you're different to me yeah that's fine mm. but i did the work from yeah. the point that you were in um you know so yeah, yeah it, it really just kind of it takes planting those seeds and watering them consistently mm. to get to where you want to be yeah 
I think people almost expect things way too quickly as well. Like people aren't prepared that it is going to take 12 weeks, 16 weeks, 20 weeks, you know, a year to, to really to, to get to exactly where you want to be. Like I'm the same as well in terms of our program. Like we, we don't take people on for a short amount of time. You know, if someone's like, uh, can I, can I do an eight week fat loss plan? No, like your goal is going to take longer than eight weeks to get yeah, to. It's not on. worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. We, we know that like it's it's, it's not going to be eight weeks to get you to exactly obviously eight weeks we can make great progress but we, we can't get you from a to b and you know work through the the various phases to keep you to, to where you want to be so people need to have a long-term mindset they, they can't be thinking about the short term you know like oh, how long is your program and stuff it, it's going to take as long as it takes and the short-term gratification is what people seem to be so addicted to like people that's why people gravitate towards, you know, like the quick fixes in terms of like, you know, food, alcohol, drugs, all this kind of stuff, because it gives them that short term relief. But when we look at the long run, like that's what makes you feel like absolute shit. That's what actually is, is pulling you back from, from reaching your full potential. So it's about having that long term vision, right? Like finding a, a, you know, a why that's deep enough. that's going to allow you to stay in your lane for long enough and not move away. You still there? And I'll and I'll yeah, I'm here, bro. And I'll, I'll tell you the only the only time the only times that I've actually ever failed in absolutely anything is when I did a quick fix. Is when I thought, yeah. let me do as much as I can in the shortest amount of time. And you know, th this is why when a, when someone inquires to come on board, the first question I'm yeah. going to ask is, what is the time frame that you're expecting this result in? Because then I'm not your guy. I'm really not your guy. Yeah. Like I, I deliver incredible results, but I ain't going to promise you yeah. a six to eight week or 10 week. And in a lot of cases, not even a 12 week time, time frame. If there's a lot of foundational work that needs to be done. Um, and 99.9% oh, of, yeah, yeah, of, of the time, foundational work always needs to be done. Even if you're an athlete, even yeah. if you have, five years experience. The reason that you're coming to me is because you're stuck. And so we need mm. to go back to why you're stuck. We need to look at the roots. We need to look at like kind of what, what have you been doing? That's clearly not worked. And sometimes, mm. you know, planting the new seed, dude, it takes a while. And, um, you know, there's just no mm. such thing as, as a short term, short term re return that's worth, you know, killing yourself over. No, I agree. I think like 12 weeks, 12 weeks is always, it sounds like quite sexy. It's easy, like almost to sell. But I think that the reality is 12 weeks is really not that much time, especially for like, <laughs> especially for like a lot of people as well. Like that first four weeks is probably where they're like building habits, priming themselves. And, you know, sometimes progress is going to be a little bit slower for the initial few weeks. So really like we're, we're, then, we're then talking like nine, 10 weeks. It's just, it's just not enough to get to some, what if like, say Joe blog comes to you, you know, like relatively okay shape, okay habits. Like how long would you actually think that person needs to get from A to B, but also to stay at B, like to, to maintain their results and, and have the tools, knowledge and education to actually stay there. What would be like your kind of rough point do you reckon? So if someone comes, okay, so this really depends on, on your starting points and your understanding and your knowledge, right? Because at the same time, yeah, I'm also not going to completely avoid working with someone for a 12 week period. If, 
it's very goal specific. Mm -hmm. There's certain things that we discuss we want to work on. So if you come to me at say 12% body fat, 13% body fat, you have a shoot in three months, you know, there's a wedding that you want to get ready for. I'll say, great, 12%, you're in really good shape. This is the result that we can expect in this time frame. Great, let's go for it, right? But if you show me any level of, of misunderstanding the fundamentals or, you know, that you are, you're willing to take shortcuts and maybe do the things that we don't need to do, like, for example, you know, Damon, I'm willing to take like whatever, you know, whatever substances, this and that, I'm like, Hold up here, buddy. Like we are not going, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a bodybuilding coach. I think that's one thing that like I, I pride myself in moving myself away from is I first and foremost, my main objective and my main value and my ethos with my business is to improve lives and lifestyles and health. Um, is the aesthetic something that I am also after hundred percent, dude. I love people looking incredible. I love looking incredible. I love beautiful bodies. People love beautiful bodies. I don't care how you, you can hate me as much as you want from the body positivity movements and say that's so superficial and shallow. I don't give a fuck what you say. The reality is that when you look good, Mm. when you look good, you feel great. And so do I want you to look good? Damn straight, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm a sexy motherfucker. And you know what? If someone says, yeah, but damn, you can also be a sexy motherfucker 25% if you're feeling yourself, then that's cool. But then you're not my client. I don't care about how you feel. The people that come to me, I want to get them in absolutely world-class shape. And, you know, if someone comes to me with the wrong motivation, however... It makes me question, okay, do we need to spend more time on actually kind of breaking that barrier first and seeing what the why is and actually maybe focusing on different areas of transformation? So I keep it very, I don't want to say I'm like too open-ended in terms of like what my scope is. My scope Mm -hmm. is always health, wellness, but also the aesthetic, but it really depends on that kind of that onboarding process as to how we dictate time frame you know, what the goal is going to be, what we're going to achieve. Um, Yeah, but ultimately body recomposition from my end would involve, you know, dropping the body fat, getting you as strong as possible, boosting your confidence. Um, But, you know, the time frame is obviously the longer we have, the better. There's more foundational work that we can do. um, And that's going to at least guarantee a much longer lasting sustainable result. Yeah, no, I agree. I think as well, like people often forget and don't want to stray too much from, from what we were uh, going to talk about today, but people think that the dieting phase of them getting into shape and getting shredded is like the end. It's almost like, oh, I'm, I'm in shape now. I've done it. Like, thanks for your coaching. I've seen so many people get to that level and then within like three, four, five weeks, they're, they're back to their old starting self again because they didn't realize yeah. that that's actually just a checkpoint, right? That's like, okay, I'm in shape now. Now I need to understand how the fuck do I stay here for the rest of my life? And that's where I'm sure in, in your program is similar. It's like reverse diet, get your, you know, start building muscles, start building foundations so that you can actually sustain this result. Cause this is why like so many people, especially guys, right? They've got like Ibiza in 12 weeks and they'll run themselves into the ground for their holiday. And then they come back, there's, there's no holiday anymore. There's no motivation. And then literally, you know, you're back to square one again. So this is why you have to have that long-term vision, that long-term mindset of who you actually want to be. And when you've lost your 10, 20 kilos, 
like your mindset needs to be of a person that has lost the weight and not that person that you were at the start of someone that was 20 kilos heavier and having like 10 pints at the weekend and three donuts at the weekend because that person is not a person that you are now so it's almost like a massive like identity shift isn't it like your behavior has to actually totally change it's not just like 12 weeks of okay i'm gonna do this for 12 weeks and then go back to to normal again it's like right and actually i'm you know i'm changing my entire life and my lifestyle my behavior my mindset to be a better fucking person like that's what it is now it's a complete like flick switch that has to change yeah. And the, the honest is honest, right? Like that's the thing is that, you know, to consolidate that entire process, it's, it's twofold. It's managing expectations, right? So, you know, always yeah. keeping it real with your clients. Look, if this is the route that we take, this is what we can expect. If you decide to go on holiday and fuck everything up for a month, this is what you can expect. Mm. So just so we're on the same page here from what's sustainable and what's not sustainable managing that expectation is extremely important but also in terms of setting a client up for success with any situation that they're in we need to be educators and i think this is a role and I, obviously i don't want to go i don't want to go like too far into this because i also don't want to offend anyone but you know people in this industry or coaches that do not see themselves as educators but more as programmers right like we need to take a few steps back here and realize that we, we don't want to have to carry this client forever. We want to educate this client yeah. so that they can go and do this on their own because that the return that you'll get on that of setting someone free at some point, the referrals that you'll get, you know, maybe the, the kickback that you'll get from people saying, oh my gosh, you kept the weight off. How did you do this? You know, yeah. like who got you in shape? There's so much more value in educating someone. They can do this themselves and then set them free. Um, so f- f- that, at least from my side, I see myself first and foremost as an educator. And I think if you can do your absolute best from, you know, providing those resources, from having those conversations, from putting yourselves in situations or the client putting themselves in situations where they have fucked up or maybe they you know, are going on holiday and they want to know how to work through things. Having these conversations and educating them is probably like the most important role that we have. So managing expectations, I think, and educating people are probably like, I think the, at least for myself, the most important aspects of what I do. Yeah, definitely. Like it's this the thing is like, we're not just programming. People sometimes think, oh, what do I get? Like what's included in your coaching? It's not, it's not just a diet plan. We're not just giving you a set of exercises to do on true coach like it's real life it's education it's how do i deal with this that the other like how do i stay in shape whilst getting through life and like everyone has got a busy life everyone has got stuff going on and it's it's our job to actually help people navigate through life whilst being happy with how they look whilst feeling good whilst having a strong body and like you say it's education that actually gets people to that like we can we can give someone a plan for 12 weeks you know they can follow it but if they're not educated alongside it they're, they're not going to get anywhere. And this is the thing, like P, the PT model or the online coach model, like, it's, it's almost flawed in a good way because if you do your job for like six to 12 months with a person, they should be able to leave and, you know, go out the door and, and be happy, right? They should, they should have done their duty. You've done your duty as such. They get to where they want to be and they go. And like, that, that's fine. Like, anytime that I have a client that leaves, but they've got their result. They're in a great position. They know how to stay in shape. They've proven they can stay in shape for like two, three months. 
you know, I'm like, dude, like, you, you can go. Like, don't feel like you're, you know, you're letting me down here. We've smashed your goals. Like, you're a different person. You can leave. Like, but I think that's what people sometimes, you know, almost don't realize that it is the Anita put the reps in understand the process to be able to live that life and, and stay in shape is that kind of the same with your program as well like you get people to the end of it and it's like right yeah. graduation time. <laughs> um you know so one of the uh, just going back to kind of like the pt versus the online model right is one of the reasons why i also yeah. i prefer online coaching is because with pt you're with that client for an hour you have a client right afterwards right but you need to get the job done, yeah. you need to get this, and you need to train hard. There's not a lot of time for me to sit down and talk to you about X, Y, and Z when it comes to your nutrition, or you know, to actually educate you about things on progressive overload, deloads, refeeds, like all these things that are part of a sustainable journey. We are, we're personal training. I'm personal training you in a very intense session. I can't now take another 10 minutes after a session to like, give you a quick little breakdown of, of something when you're a, you're probably fucked up from that session. B you have to be somewhere. C I've got a client that's waiting to see me. So to provide an educative service as a personal trainer for me was something I could not do. Right. Um, and so that's yeah. why I prefer it's doing online coaching. Because there's a lot more communication and because I'm also not seeing you, I'm relying on a lot of data that I'm getting from you. And essentially, I think with us, we need to rely on data because numbers don't lie. Like if all the numbers add up from a caloric intake output, you know, uh, perspective, and we're seeing weight not changing, I need to use my head to see where we're going wrong. Are you telling me the truth? Is there things that are going untracked? You know, and that in itself is a very educational process to try and help a client to do better. Um, so, you know, that, that's why I, I really do prefer online coaching. With my program, when it comes to the end of a 24-week program, um, normally about a month before, I will speak with the clients and say, hey, look, what are your intentions firstly? Um, I think financially, it always needs to be a consideration because, you know, I do run a premium service. So, you know, if a client can't afford to, that's one thing. Um, if maybe they want to do more on a bi-monthly basis where we just have a check-in call once in a while, and I do set them free. Um, there's obviously so many different ways that we can you yeah. know, take it. But ideally, it, it comes down to goal setting. And mm -hmm. it's very rare that, you know, after 24 weeks, you're going to say, ah, life goal achieved. That's it. I'm done. You know, maybe we'll have yeah. a conversation about saying, okay, you know what? Mm -hmm. We've got you down to a really low body fat percentage. We've doubled your strength. You're looking absolutely incredible. Should we maybe look at, and this is up to you with no pressure or obligation, um, look at maybe putting on five to six kilos of lean body mass over the next, you know, eight to 10 months. Um, this is kind of how we're going to be doing that. This is how we'll consolidate that process. We'll give you a little bit of time mm -hmm. off so you can also just enjoy a little bit of family time, maybe go, you know, go on a holiday. Um, and then when you're back, there'll be a little bit more motivation to get stuck back in again. And then we'll push for the next six to eight months on a new program, a new plan. Um, but at the same time, if I feel like a client does not need me, and I've just done this with three clients mm. in the past two weeks. Say, hey, look, you've gotten tremendous results. You've lost 25 kilos. You don't, we, when we have our weekly check-ins, there's not really much feedback that I get from you that's, that requires me to like problem solve anything when there's no problem. There's no problem for us to solve. You don't need me. You're doing really good. Is there something that you want to work on? You know what, Damien, I'm actually really grateful for this journey. Um, no, I think we're good. 
Great. Then I'm happy that I had yeah. that conversation with you because I would never want to keep someone, string someone on a service to pay my bills. I don't need that. I would rather yeah. open up that space for someone else that needs the help. Change someone else's life instead. Yeah, no, 100%. It's definitely like person dependent, isn't it? Like, like you say, like fitness is a continuum. I don't think you're ever satisfied. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm where I want to be now. Like you're always going to be like either wanting to build more muscle, wanting to lose body fat. Um, and I've, I've got clients that just absolutely love it. They love the accountability, the structure, and we're always changing the goalposts. We're always working towards muscle building or, or fat loss. But yeah, at the same time, there's people that get to where they want to be. Maybe their values change a little bit in terms of they're happy with their body now. And now maybe they want to prioritize, you know, their work life, their family life, their social life. And then at that point, that that's where the conversation can happen. And often, yeah, like, you know, we get people that, that leave in a really good place. And I think as a coach, it's always a good feeling. Like if you've changed someone's life, you can't really do any more. Like, and I think that's totally. like, that's probably the, the best feeling, the best feeling. Um, one thing that we, like, I see a lot in clients, which I think is a big mindset problem is people often struggle with almost, you know, being selfish sometimes, uh, and not being selfish enough towards their actual fitness goals. So they're almost like put other people first all the time, their family, all that kind of stuff, instead of actually being a little bit selfish on their own personal fitness goals to actually get to where they want to be. Is that something that you see as well? Like almost people, struggling a little bit to actually tick their boxes off because they're almost like trying to serve other people too much. Like you can't pour from an empty cup, right? You, you really can't. Um, you know, I'm going to speak from extremely personal experience here. You know, if I can relate it to just, you know, my journey, because, you know, essentially that's kind of the energy that then I give clients and it's maybe the advice that I, I give clients because it's, it's really coming from like a personal space here. Um, you really can't pour from an empty cup you like mm. your energy your your passion your drive whatever it is right whatever makes you feel good you cannot give that to other people if you are not giving it to yourself right and you know i see this maybe manifesting itself in family environments with clients where you know other you're allowing essentially your family members to hold you back right and yeah. then, yeah. you know, you're not, you're not essentially, you know, putting that boundary in place for yourself. You're giving more to others than you are giving to yourself. And the thing is, mm -hmm. then who's enabling who here, right? Because when it's a very like, you know, unhealthy environment, they're not enabling you to be better and you're not enabling them to be better. You're all stuck in this, in this place where you know, nobody is setting a boundary. You have to be selfish. Like I don't, and why, why I say it's coming from a personal space is because I left South Africa with a lot of my best friends. And if I'm going to, I'm, this is no disrespect to any of my friends, but the circle was toxic. The alcohol, the drugs, the late nights, it was fucking toxic. And being in a place where I felt like I was not growing because I was constantly dividing myself between, you know, what I wanted to do and what I was doing versus trying to please others and try to, you know, still have balance and have this life. Like I was not growing because I was dividing the energy and attention that I should have been giving myself to other people. And so therefore I limited the direction that I could have headed in. Since I moved overseas, since I kind of, and I just really, if there's any of my best friends, they're like, this is no disrespect. I love, I love my homies and I'm not actually even name calling anyone here. Like 
this is re- this is not even one person or three people or ten people. This is this is an environment that I found myself in, and you know the second that I removed myself from an environment or at least put myself first and my wants and my needs, that was immediately where my life changed. And does it suck that maybe I'm I'm in a place now where I'm very limited socially to you know certain friends, family. Um, you know, commitments that maybe I could do on a Wednesday night or Thursday night. You know what? Sometimes I sit here and I think, oh, well, it would be nice to just have more company. At the same time, Hmm. dude, I'm so comfortable and so happy with where I am right now because I'm getting that value of me giving 100% to myself. Now, Hmm. not saying that you need to divorce your wife because she eats unhealthy and not saying that you need to like, cut off your friends because they love to party and you're trying not to. Not at all. I still know how to party. I still know how to go and have a nice evening out with some really unhealthy food. It's not me saying cut those things out, but you need to put your foot down and at some point say, I am choosing me. I'm choosing me to be a better person so that I can be a better person for you. Because if nobody is growing, if nothing is growing in an environment, dude, that environment dies. The second that these roots yeah. start, to, start to ground and they start to thicken and they start to spread, that changes the lives of the people around you. And I see this with one client that comes on board. He takes charge, gives 110% to himself, his physique, his mindset, everything about his life. He is actually even just giving 10% more. He's not... He's not getting rid of his family, his friends, the the barbecues on the weekend. He's not doing any of that. He's just saying, you know, at 10 o'clock, I'm actually going to go home because I have to train tomorrow morning. That's the only boundary he's putting in place. That's not, you can't even consider that as highly selfish, but that is still putting yourself first, right? So anyways, the story continues. This client ends up losing 10 kilos. What happens? His wife calls him sexy. His -hmm. wife, in 10 years of them being married, Calls him fucking sexy. Mm. Now what happens is that she wants a taste of it. So mm. now the wife is on board. So now I'm training both of them virtually. The unit, the family unit, has done a complete 180. And they are so much happier, more confident, and and grounded with one another and, and supportive of one another mm. because one person decided to be selfish. That's huge. And it's an amazing yeah. thing. And yeah, I've yeah. got... And I've got, I've got no reservations ever about telling people to be selfish. Yeah, ever. It's huge. I think that, like you have, you have to. to be selfish to be selfless. That's the, that's the way it is. Like to be a better husband, you know, to be a better wife, better really? father, whatever it is, you have to be selfish on your fitness goals because when you're feeling your best, when you're looking your best, like that rubs off on other people. Like if you're not confident in how you look, and that that people see that image, people can kind of see that you just you know you're not quite yourself and then that's going to like negatively impact the people that surround you so by you having that one to two hours in the morning to you know do your steps to to do your food prep to go to the gym whatever that might be that you time like that's what actually is going to impact the way that other people you know will perceive you and i think that's so so important and people often are just so like reactive in the mornings you know they get up and they're like serving their kids and they're you know serving their partner and they're not actually putting in time to themselves in their own routine and they just end up like in this horrible like state of overwhelm all the time and, and never actually progressing. So 
it's so important sometimes just to take a step back and think about like who's the most important person here and like it's, it's yourself right like it, you have to have that selfishness to actually get to where you want to be i mean it's so important totally dude and you know if i if i can also relate it to a journey that you and i are actually both on and we're familiar with you know when starting with kieran from total mental performance you know the at the time we're starting with him i i was very consumed with work um yeah. i was spending too many hours on a computer, not giving back to myself, not giving back to my partner. This is essentially why one of the main reasons why my marriage didn't work out is because I was, I was just not, you know, I was prioritizing my work, but I was prioritizing my clients and my work more than I was prioritizing myself. And the second that I said, look, I'm not going to let work, you know, be affected by me pulling back, but I'm going to put boundaries in place for me not sitting on a computer at 10 o'clock in the evening. I'm going to put boundaries in place for me to walk my dog and listen to a podcast at seven o'clock every morning and no calls can be booked in on my schedule. These are things that do didn't affect my work because then I was still working within working hours. But me just putting a boundary in place saying, dude, eight o'clock in the evening, phone is on do not disturb. Seven in the morning, you're up walking your dog on the beach. You know, these were things that the second I started doing this, I was like, oh my gosh, my energy, me as a person, I'm back. You know, the second that I could delegate certain hours during my week to learn how to go and do scuba diving or to, you know, go for a run on the promenade. Like, dude, the second that I started to get selfish was the second I started to pull myself back and ground myself and where I am Find now yourself. in my life is I've got the highest level of confidence because I was selfish and because I had to kind of real, I had to reel myself in and just say, dude, you are number one here. You're always number one. You, yeah. you know, your, your family and your friends, they are unfortunately number two. You are number one. Everything about this lifetime is you doing yourself because if you keep on pouring from an empty cup, man, that cup's going to be like, even more empty than what it was in the beginning. And yeah. that sucks. Like that really, really sucks. You know, take back a little bit of what you deserve. Always take back what you deserve. And you deserve Brilliant. to have a half full cup. Always. Might drop right there. Mate, it's been awesome. And um, I mean, we could we could talk for days. We could literally carry on and, and keep talking about lots of different um, mindset related issues. But I think this has probably been so much value for people, I'm sure. The way I always like to end it with guests, a um, bit of a trend now is, I always just love to ask, like, if you could give one, and I know this is hard because there's probably fucking millions of pieces of advice you could give, but if you could just give one like snippet or like takeaway message for people that are listening, to get into the shape of their lives, you know, to live a better lifestyle, like we've like we've talked about today. Like, what would that one tip be? Going back to, you know, literally what we just spoke about now is that if you do not prioritize yourself, if you are not selfish, if you are not putting yourself first, unfortunately, you're limiting your growth. And, you know, pertaining this to training, to nutrition, to your lifestyle, to your circle of people around you, to the boundaries that you set for yourself. You need to put yourself first. And I understand that it is a very difficult thing sometimes when you are locked into, you know, a toxic, uh, you know, culture or, you know, energy where, you know, the people around you 
are just enabling you to, you know, constantly do the things that you know don't serve you. But if you know what the real answer is, if you know deep down inside that you are capable of doing more, of achieving more and of being more, you need to put your foot down, put a line in the sand and say, you know what, I am going to go on this journey and whether you love or hate me or follow me, I am going on this journey and I'm going to leave behind everything that does not serve me. I'm going to be selfish because that is what I need to do for me personally to succeed and go into the direction that I know is going to bring me the highest level of value in my entire life. So, you know, if there is one piece of advice that I can really end off on because it's been the catalyst of me stepping away from things that didn't serve me and it's put me in a place of growth, of healing, of lots of energy, of tons of strength in the gym. It is to just be selfish and do you. Always do you and make sure that you're doing it for the right reason. That you're not following the crowd. You're not trying to be like someone else. You're not doing it to impress someone. If you, whatever you do, do it for you and be selfish and make sure that it serves you on a higher level to put you in a place of comfort and happiness. Mate, I couldn't agree more. That is a very, very powerful piece of advice. I'm... It's been an absolute pleasure. What an episode this is. Where can people find you, Damien, if they want to uh, if they want to find you on Instagram or anywhere that you're uh, hanging out at the moment? Right. So uh, you can, yeah, first, firstly, Instagram is uh, where I normally hang out, um, as most of us do. And uh, that would be uh, on the handle Damien underscore the all rounder. So my platform is the RNDR all rounder coaching systems. Um, I've also got a podcast which I've just released, which is the Rounder Performance Podcast, and that would be RNDR Performance Podcast, and that's on Spotify. Um, and yeah, my door's always open if anyone ever has any questions, if they ever want to know more about what I do, um, or if it's just even friendly banter or anything like that. Um, my door's always open to, to just chat, to help, to inspire, to motivate. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's where you can find me, on, on the gram. Nice, mate. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll have to hang out again soon. I mean, obviously you're over in Portugal at the moment, but I, mean, I think we've both got kind of future plans. So I'm sure we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll catch up again at some point for sure. Um, and guys, if you have enjoyed this podcast episode, please uh, tag myself and Damien, put it on your story. Um, and uh, we'd love to get this podcast out to more people. Also subscribe and um, drop me a five-star review if you are enjoying the podcast, because we've got some really cool future episodes coming up as well. Damien, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate, and um, it's been it's been a real honour to have you on. I think you've given so much value. Any uh, last last bits you want to say? Appreciate you. Appreciate what you do for other people, and um, I'm really looking forward to listening back on this. If anyone that listens to this um, wants to crucify me for some of the dumb shit that I've said, I'm not <laughs> apologising. I am sorry. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the real yeah, authentic me. So much. And there'll be yeah, there'll be lots of people come. You've spoken so much truth. Just as well, guys, like me, me and Damien, we, we've not made any notes on this. This has literally just come from the heart. We, we just speak from the heart. So everything we've said is, is genuinely what we believe, our truths and our values. So I hope that's kind of come across in an authentic way. Um, but anyway, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure and I will catch you in the next episode.